For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. We're even live during the game tonight for a little bit, so that's a nice, nice perk. Tonight with me, Adam Corsair, and we have a special guest, Jason Lee. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Craig. Uh, thank you for the invite. It was, uh, I know it was last minute that I was uh, gave you this sign that I was going to be good to go, but uh, I'm glad I'm here and I'm excited to talk some Blue Jays baseball. Yeah. At least I gave you the two weeks notice. We just both forgot about yeah. it for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Chris Key will also be joining us per usual. Um, I am going to, I forgot to mention this to you guys, to give a special cheers to our buddy Brendan. Got married this past weekend. Congratulations to you both and, you know, happy memories and all good fun. All of it. <laughs> so, and eventually we'll get him back from his honeymoon and we'll get to have another person here that we like to have fun with. So there is that. He said so, he'll be here next week. We got him next week. Yeah, that depends on how the honeymoon hangover goes, right? <laughs> ah, she'll be fine. He'll be here. Good deal. So anyways, let's talk Blue Jays baseball. And the first things I want to talk about is we actually have one of our favorite pitchers has officially called it quits. And actually, to that point, one of our Blue Jays most recent favorite catchers has also called it quits officially and retired over the last week. That is Russell Martin and Jay Happ. So, fellas, I just wanted to, you know, the 2015-2016 teams all have a special place in our hearts. Just want to, you know, get your opinion on both those guys. And I'm going to let our guest Jason Lee go here first because <laughs> all three of us here actually got the pleasure of writing about them when the team was really good when we were all at the Jays Journal together, which is, funny enough, our official home for this podcast now. <laughs> Do you want yeah, me to I mean, start, start off? By... Oh, good. Good. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Start off with uh, start off with Jay Happ, you know his his first stint with the Blue Jays. Um, to be honest, uh, I don't have a lot of memories because I think I was like twelve or something when we first got him. So I just remember you know, seeing the seeing the yeah, seeing the the massive trade pop up on sports, and it was like nine or ten players, and they were worried that you know that it was gonna get held up at the commissioner's office or something. But 
Yeah. How he, he at the end of the day, you know, he had a great career with us. I think his second stint was even uh, more successful than his first. You know, I remember for for at least a couple of months there, he, he looked like he was a part of the the Cy Young conversation. Um, and then of course we unfortunately had to trade him to to the Yankees for I think Billy McKinney or uh, who it was. But yeah, my memory of him of Jay Happ is you know just a solid solid number three maybe. At, at times, you know, a number two starter. And, you know, the, the value we got on his contract was amazing. And, uh, you know, he also provided some uh, funny moments as well. I think he was the one that kind of made fun of the, the bagged milk situation in uh, in Canada. You know, so lots of fond memories of J.A. App. And, you know, Russell Martin, you know, same thing. He, he was such a, a big um, leader uh, of that 2015-2016 Blue Jays team that gave us so many... Um, amazing memories in the playoffs. You know, he was kind of, um, you know, maybe his bat wasn't at times um, the, the, uh, our most strongest bat, but, you know, the leadership, um, how he handled the the pitching staff, um, you know, he, and I, I think he was, um, when Alex Anthopoulos signed Russell Martin, that was, that kind of preceded the Josh Johnson trade, um, I think, uh, to my memory. And, you know, that kind of signaled to Jays fans, you know, that, that we were definitely going for, um, a playoff and, you know, even a World Series run. So, you know, I think um, when I think of Russell Martin, um, you know, just a great Canadian catcher that got to play in Toronto, got to share some amazing moments. Uh, you know, I just wish him the best in retirement and hopefully um, his, his golf game is as good as his baseball game. <laughs> or maybe his soon-to-be managing career. Who knows, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Adam, how do you feel about the uh, tenure we got to see out of both those guys as far as Blue Jays fans are concerned. It's funny you say that about uh, Russell Martin, about being a manager, because I believe his last game with the Jays, he actually was a manager. I think John Gibbons let him manage. Um, Famous picture of him sitting in the chair all kicked up on his desk. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I always thought, I mean, it's it's not a secret that catchers, former catchers tend to become good men. Um, so I think Russell Martin definitely has that in the in his future. And why bother experimenting with it if you didn't think you had some sort of interest in doing it down the line? So, um, yeah, uh, Jason, to your point, um, you know, when the Jays acquired Russell Martin in 2015, I want to say that was the f- first time in a while that they had signed someone that hadn't previously been with the organization to a massive contract. Like it was always pretty difficult for the Blue Jays to be able to pick up free agents um, that hadn't been traded there previously or had never donned a Blue Jays jersey before. Um, and I, I want to say that Russell Martin was the I the believe that was actually at the since, time. Yeah. Yeah. Who, and then who Springer was the only one that I think that's eclipsed that sense. Yeah. So it would be... Yeah, I guess so, right? Because there was so much downtime in between. So that's something that I'll... Uh, by the way, the Blue Jays just lead 2-1. to one. Um, Alejandro Kirk, <laughs> Holtman. Wow, he did something. Okay, um, Kirk. <laughs> finally did something. Uh He's been so, quietly doing something for a week and a half, two weeks now. Come on, guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that because he's my boy. <laughs> I know. Um, so when it comes to that, yes, I, Russell Martin will always be... Um, one of those Blue Jays that changed the tide, not just with the contract, but also with the 2015 team and 2016. He was pivotal. Um, one of my uh, long-lasting memories of Russell Martin in a Blue Jays jersey was that, I want to say it was 2015, I could be wrong, 
but I want to say it was 2015 Canada Day when they faced Cleveland, and it was like a 15, 16 inning game, and Russell Martin flipped out on the umpire uh, for something for a bad call, and they lost the game as a result. But it was like it was a super long Canada Day game, and um, I just remember being pretty hyped about that because Russell Martin, you could tell. Um, was uh what is it was in his feels and the uh when they went back to montreal i think his dad played the canadian national anthem on the saxophone if i'm not mistaken um yeah, and sir. you could see russell yeah russell martin was te- tearing up so those are the things that uh really pull on the heartstrings with me when it comes to russell martin outside of his playing um when it comes to jay hap though uh that funny enough and maybe not even funny enough unfortunate enough uh the thing that comes to my mind when i think of jay hap right away is uh, when he got beamed in the face with a line drive. Um, I think it was, was in Tampa. Horrifying. It was in Tampa. Yeah. And this is before um, he re-signed with the team. That was his uh, first stint, yes. Yeah, when he got traded from Seattle, I want to say it was. And I think we traded Eric Thames away for him. If I, I see all I these things. Was, come back. was it Was it Houston? I can't remember. Or did we that trade Yeah, that's what you were talking Okay, yeah, so Maybe that's what it was. Um, um. Yeah, I remember he just got nailed with the line drive to the face, and everyone's still thought, one of the like, ones that plays in my head that I can't get out. Yeah, you know, it, I think he that. came back like almost immediately. Um, that to me just showed how much of a grinder he was. And when he re-signed with the team, I remember people were like, "What, Jay Hap? Like, this is not this is not David Price. This is Jay Hap." And yeah. he just sort of <laughs> killed it. Yeah, he just sort of recreated himself and. You know, made himself uh, into a, a household name, at least in Toronto. So um, the poise that he showed on the mound and the calmness that he showed was uh, was kind of inspiring, um, especially given the, the intensity of the 2016 season. So for that, uh, J-Hap, uh, class act. Great presence in the uh, in the Blue Jays dugout. There was a time, Craig. I think we had a show that we wish he'd come back. Um, maybe we were talking about that even earlier this year. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need another arm. Get him um, out of here. But you know, and, he's uh, calling to that point, point, he was ready apparently to come back. He just finally decided, you know, it's time for me to be with my family, take the next step in my life, rather than you know my life at life after baseball. Had nothing yeah. to do with him not wanting to be out there. He just felt like it was logical. It was the right thing to do. Move on. So I'll give him all the props in the world for that. Not to mention he's yeah. 39. Had a he's insanely good career. Exactly. Yeah. And to that he point, I think he's the baseball kind of guy that he's going to find a way eventually to be get back in the game at some point here. Whether it's a pitching coach, a coach coach, whatever it might be. You know what I mean? He just strikes yeah. me as that kind of guy like we were talking about with Russell Martin. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think either of them are cut out to be analysts, but definitely coaching material, whether that's a manager or some sort of bench coach role, uh, they both got it in them. So hopefully this isn't the last we see uh, of them in a baseball jersey um, in some capacity, but uh, shout out to them. Uh, definitely Blue Jays, they are etched in the history of Toronto Blue Jays, especially for those fans that grew up or came of age to the 2015 and 16 season. Yeah. I think it just shows you how well he pitched during his second stint with the Blue Jays because there was a nickname that me and my dad and a few other Blue Jays fans that called for his first first stint, which was J.A. Hapless. Because yeah. <laughs> we didn't think we had a hope and a prayer sometimes when he was out there pitching. It didn't like he knew what he was doing. Um, but then having the insane career 
that he did once he rejoined the team and just continued to run through it. This is a guy that pitched six years for the Blue Jays. That, mind you, that is the most years he spent with any team. So right. I thought that'd be cool. Um, went 59 and 41 as a Blue Jay with a 3.88 ERA. That's pretty hella far from hapless. Like I was saying a minute ago. Yeah. Um, very, very good as far as a Blue Jays career is concerned. And then he actually got votes for the Cy Young in 2016. It was the sixth place uh, Cy Young uh, guy rick porcello ended up winning it that year but to that point to be in the company with rick porcello in an even year because that's what he does <laughs> of course <laughs> with justin verlander Corey kluber in his prime in cleveland zach Britton, and chris sale were the guys that finished above him that's mm. pretty damn good company and funny enough he actually beat out his own teammate that year in aaron sanchez <laughs> so thought that was pretty interesting stuff as far as the career for jay hap is concerned russell martin constant professional there is just i don't think there's enough good things you can say about him on the baseball field and then getting to see him play for his home country in toronto like you guys said that might that might have been the reason we eclipsed to the talent that we did as you guys remember the guys we were running out there a catcher <laughs> before we had russell yeah. martin it was a hope and a prayer that ken huckabee kevin cash uh jp aaron sebia and insert name here would <laughs> always I always remember. There you go. Or one of my personal go-tos is Charlie O'Brien. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, remember that guy. <laughs> He's the only one that wore the catcher's mask, like, to begin with, or the hockey mask to begin with. Mm-hmm. Just felt natural, he said. <laughs> so, but to that point, just wanted to make sure we talked about that before we dove into some other Blue Jays stuff. And the fact that we all love them and watch them get to take that next stage in their life slash eventual baseball careers, I think, is very well in, you know, Good luck to them. So let's talk current Blue Jays news before we dive into the series that was with the Angels and to where we're going this week while we're talking right now with the game going on. As we just heard, Leandro Kirk has put the Blue Jays ahead 2-1. to It is still 2-1, to even a few minutes after that wonderful home run that he hit. Um, I want to talk about Ryan Barucki being DFA'd today. And where do you think that puts the blue bullpen? Um, Adam, I'm going to let you run with the fact that first off, do you think Brucky slips through waivers and somehow lands in Buffalo? And if not, what do we do to fill up what's been a kind of a revolving spot in our bullpen? Uh, <laughs> do you think Velasquez runs with a job? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that Barucki is, is going to get run out of the major leagues. I just don't know that his, his future is with Toronto. Um, so I'm looking at the, the stat line right now and not to, you know, go over and above on ERA, but a 9.95 ERA over 11 appearances is terrible. Um, the dude is just struggling to find the strike zone. Um, the, the velocity is kind of there. It, it's it, the movement isn't, he's just, He's not hitting the zone. It's a little flat. Um, I don't know. I, I He's out of options. So I think there's, given those numbers that I just sort of spit out, that it's likely that he falls through waivers and not many people would probably be interested. But um, a lot of teams like to reinvent the wheel and maybe they see something in him and say, you know what? Um, maybe we can fix you, quote unquote. 
Um, and if that's the case, then good for him. Uh, I just don't know that he's earned it, and I don't necessarily think he deserves it. Um, I think yeah. uh, an extended period in Buffalo or any minor league uh, team, it would be beneficial to him rather than sticking him out into the major leagues. But the youth is there. The upside's there. So I can definitely see someone being at least entertained to take a chance on him. But I don't think the the performance really lends credence to that. So I think it's likely that he'll end up in Buffalo and um, maybe sporadic call-ups. But I just don't think necessarily that he's he's even a quadruple-A player. I think I think we've seen what we have to see in Ryan Brucky, And it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not something that's sold for this team. Yeah. Jason, you want to weigh in on Barucki staying or going and what your opinion is on how Ryan Barucki's doing at this point? <laughs> Barucki's kind of an interesting player. I think when he came up, he was kind of like a tossing lefty that, you know, kind of relied on control. And he was he was a starter for us in the minor leagues, right? And then, He had actually a few good starts for us right off the bat there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then we um, converted him into um, a reliever, and suddenly his ELO is up to 94, 95, um, touching 97. And, you know, he, he had flashes of a good slider. You know, in some outings, he, he genuinely looked, like, unhittable. You know, he kind of looked like uh, a comp that pitched coming into to my head uh, when he was pitching well. was He kind of looked like Andrew Miller. And I think... For, for the potential that's there. Now, you don't see a lot of um, lefties, you know, that throw mid-90s uh, with flashes of a plus slider. And, you know, that's why I don't think that we'll be able to to keep him. I think some rebuilding club will probably take him on as a reclamation project, um, you know, because uh, the upside is there. And, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're kind of in a position where we can't wait for him to figure things out. We can't really wait for uh, a guy like Pete Walker to... Um, to work with him and, you know, try and build him up back to um, a position where he's contributing consistently. Um, but he, I was always a big fan and, you know, just hope he, he does uh, wherever he does well, wherever he lands. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the funnest guys I've ever interviewed. I'll give you that. <laughs> so him and Danny Jansen together were a hoot. So I hope that doesn't hurt his, his, uh, ball too much knowing his buddy might not be there with him all the time. But then again, he hasn't been there a lot anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry to say yeah. it. Um, but to that point, I think you guys are right that he's going to get claimed by some guy. This just screams Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Baltimore to me. Or just for them to be dicks, the Rays are going to pick him and make him a fucking ace in their bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just I don't even think he'll get that high. You know, I don't, I don't think even think he'll either. fall that quickly. I think if you're right, I think we'll be one of these lower tier teams that might take the chance. I don't know that he's going to. I don't know that the Rays would actually be interested, but you're right. If the Rays do pick him up, you're right. It's a recipe for them just creating him into a superstar and just steamrolling us. The, the biggest thing that he has going for him <laughs> is he's a hard throw lefty. So somebody yeah. is going to take the risk on him if we don't to, you know, somehow hope and manage he slips through waivers. I don't think that's their play. I really don't think that they think he's going to, and they just don't know what to do right now. And to Jason's point, win now. They need somebody that can contribute now. And let's talk about where that goes as far as everything is. And the Blue Jays do have a little bit of urgency going on in their bullpen. We have some guys that are hoping to come in and, you know, maybe do that. And we'll get to the one big name here in a minute. But we have seen little, you know, I'll say surprise pieces from 
we've had a couple of little outings from Andrew Velasquez. Julian Merriweather's had a couple of throw-in nice ones here and there, and that's kind of what that spot's really been where Baraki would have been. This has been a constant turn of quadruple-A players to what you said, Adam. Do you see anybody that we currently have in that mix that might rise to the top? Uh, I mean, Chris Key did send a tweet to us. Nate Pearson's pitching in triple-A Buffalo. I'm just saying can't this. can't sneak that one out. That's the next topic. I'm sneaking, <laughs> I'm sneaking it in. I want him nowhere near the rotation. And I agree with you. He sort of fits in. I, to me, he's more of a setup guy. And speaking of the devil. It's like you knew he was coming. Speaking His of. His ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> Admitting speaking one Chris Key to the conversation. The <laughs> I was just talking about how uh, Ryan Barucki's departure will probably open up a spot at Pearson sooner rather than later. And oh, don't make me excited right that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we knew you were coming. I, I made sure I uh, kept the Nate Pearson talk to a minimum for you, Chris. <laughs> Holy shit, Brendan got a lot more handsome since he uh <laughs> as well. Uh, good times. He's Baraki wasn't the setup guy that I think Nate Pearson will be, but yeah. Nate Pearson's going to be the do-all end-all of the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's our Tom Petty saving grace. So I All think right. that... So um, seeing somebody's already yeah. pushed me, should I just tee him up? <laughs> yeah, he, he, go so, ahead. You, yeah. got, you guys, to continue. your point, Chris Key, we have... Nickerson has made a rehab, you know, I, I'll say start, um, yes. down in low A with Dunedin. He ended up, and of course, the freaking article closed on me. <laughs> okay. His first rehab start with the Dunedin Blue Jays, Nate Pearson threw 30 pitches, which went one and two-thirds of an inning. He was touching 95.2 miles an hour to about 97.5 with his fastball. Allows one hit, one earned run, one walk, and records a strikeout in that time frame. He's moving up to Buffalo. We've already officially heard that. Hence, you know, just for other than the reason I needed to have some Buffalo love going on with everything going on mm-hmm. in the media and everything. Um, to that point, is he far away, you think, if he's already thrown that many pitches, which is more or less destined for a bullpen spot? Or do you think they're legit pushing him toward that point where they want him to start? <laughs> where, who are you going to take I out of the starting rotation? My no worry one. is that they want to build him up in case somebody gets hurt. And to me, that's what the whole... Excuse me. The whole reason you have Ross Stripling. So that, why exactly are you, why you have Stripling? That's yeah. why you have Stripling and Thornton. Yeah, and exactly. Kay and keep going and down Kay, the list. Yeah. You need Casey Lawrence. You need, and you need right now. You need high velocity, high case out of the bullpen. Their number one problem on this team right now, aside from the offense finally starting to get going, is that we have nobody that is swing and miss in the back end of the bullpen. Besides Romano, and we saw what happened when he threw three days in a row. Like, he was barely touching, what, 92, 93? Gassed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had nothing left. You need somebody as a resurgence in the back of that bullpen, and it's going to be Nate Pearson. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Him with Simber, a Romano. Like, that's a bullpen. Assuming that the that's stuff nice and the locations there, yeah, assuming that... You know, I, I have no doubt that the velocity is going to be there. I don't think the velocity was ever a problem for Nate Pearson. Again, no. I think the problem with Nate Pearson was always in between the years. I just think his confidence was shattered every time came up because this was supposed to be Nate Pearson's spot. But now if he can settle into a bullpen role and accepts that as this is, you know, where I'm supposed to be and the Blue Jays don't fuck with it and 
force him to be a starter, which they ruined Aaron Sanchez uh, in that in that same yeah. vein. If they just keep him as a as a bullpen piece, especially the back end of a bullpen piece, I think Nate Pearson is going to thrive. Especially if you, if you're limiting him to like two three innings tops, I think he's going to thrive. Yeah, I don't even want him yeah. throwing that many. To be <laughs> I, I'd rather two tops maybe, but if you're if you're in a pinch. I mean, if he's yeah. if he's touching a hundred, I don't know that three innings is even feasible. No, one, they, that one thirty, pi- 30 yeah. pitches looks pretty solid. I think is a bullpen yeah. start out for him. Yeah. So, Jason, what are you thinking? Uh, firstly, to address the kind of you know who who replaces Brook, I think you know whether it's a lefty or not. I do think we have to go outside the organization and trade for another big arm. Like, I don't think that. With the, the arms that we have in the organization right now, we're set up to to make a deep run in the playoffs. Um, you know, especially with with a guy like Merriweather struggling. You know, I thought that he would be um, a big bullpen piece for us. You know, at the beginning of I think last season, you know, he looked um, borderline untouchable, and then you know they went down hard on the sticky um, substance, uh, and then you know his his velo was down. You know, his spin rates plummeted. Um, so, you know, he doesn't really look like a feasible candidate for um, a set anything like that. So, you know, I do think that we have to, to go outside the organization and, you know, spend prospect capital, you know, if we're serious about, um, you know, or at least catching run, capital, which we should be. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also a couple of guys in, you know, in AAA that are doing well, but, you know, it, it's hard to, to know how well those stats are going to translate into major league success, um, you know, and I and I completely um, agree uh, with Adam and you know with Chris that that Nate Pearson could be um, a guy for us. You know, uh, I kind of you know with Nate Pearson, it's interesting. I I'm in between him as a starter and as bullpen piece, and I think um, my solution to that, you know, was you know maybe what if we use him as a two or three inning opener in front of a guy like for you who can't go more than four or five innings, you know, and kind of piggyback them together. But if there's, um, if, you know, he's successful in the back of the bulk, it's definitely more valuable in my opinion than using him as an opener. Um, you know, so I completely agree. If Nate Pearson um, is looking filthy in AAA, then, you know, we call him up and see what he can do in the major leagues. Yeah. And to your point, there are all the guys that random insert name here in the Blue Jays minor league system. So, I think there's some upside to a lot of those guys, but there's a few of them that are a little bit away. I, like, am I really banking on the fact that Jeremy Beasley right now might be a good bullpen piece coming out of the minor leagues? No. An uh, interesting name Hatch is, hasn't is, been sol- solid, solid. Go ahead. Yeah, an interesting name to keep an eye on is I really like him. I think Yasser Zulu-Oda could be a big piece for us, definitely in the future. But even now, he's he's touching triple digits. And I don't know if you guys saw the the short clip, the video clip that was kind of trending on Twitter of his slider. And, you know, that looks like a major league pitch as well. So, you know, maybe we fast track a guy like Yasuru Zuluada uh, to the big league to use him as a bullpen piece and then, you know, get him some experience. If he does well, you know, then keep him in that role. Um, but if he doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to send him back to uh, Vancouver or wherever he is right now. Um, so, you know, that's just yeah, I think it's Vancouver. No, I think he might be, Yeah, I think he got promoted to Vancouver. Yeah, that'd be a pretty so, big jump, but yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah. If he's if he's hitting triple digits, I don't think it matters where you throw the ball as long as you're not hitting guys. And he's been always scouted as having two plus pitches to Jason's mm-hmm. point too. So it's not it, that plays well out of the bullpen. 
you're mm-hmm. not going to get um freaking uh, Elvis Luciano or, <laughs> or you know, um, in that situation. It's, so um, it, to your point, Jason, that isn't a bad idea. I always forget that we have him because he is that far down, but he's been always somebody's impressed me. So, yeah. but to that point, that's still in that same vein of getting somebody like Pearson back. You're hoping for the best. Um, and if Did you're you going to that, I have a massive spring. Was it this spring or last year? Last spring. And Last then he got spring. an injury. That's yeah. right. Okay. I think it so. was Tommy John. I think he had Tommy John. Ooh. Yeah. But to see that he's bounced back from that yeah. as official. That'd be really has, has been That'd be well, first of all, that'd be an amazing storyline if they did bring him up at any point he's just recovered from that. But that does make me a little bit nervous. Um, that you probably want him to have a little bit of mileage uh before coming up. But if he is like you said, if if he's throwing that hard, bring him up and see what the kid can do. Yeah, right. Uh, ben Wyman, our buddy off the show, is also saying that Velasquez can fill that hole, but he doesn't sound too excited about it. <laughs> He's got talent and upside. I agree with that, so that it would be interesting. But he also says he doesn't want Pearson anywhere near the rotation or 100-plus pitches. Or... <laughs> I agree. I agree. He's not so. built for that, man. Like, no. he, he's just not. He's he's all gas, right? And yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, his injury history is kind of fickle. Like, I, I think the first time he got hurt, it was either a fingernail or he broke his finger or something. Um, and we got hit in the shin 20... or whatever, and that's what it was. Yeah, was it twenty twenty one? Was it a hernia? That's what it was last year. Yes. Yeah. Year. Okay. So, and that was why he couldn't ever feel like he was landing right, and the million one other things are messing with his mechanics. So, if that's cleared yeah. up and he's back to normal. Uh, the mono's past him. He's back up the full strength and all that kind of stuff. I think he's fast tracked at this point, and he's definitely the guy Blue Jays are looking to. Outside of where Jason was going, because we do have the capital to actually trade for somebody. Bam, you know, just come in and mm-hmm. plug plug him right into that late inning role with Garcia and company, and watch it all play out properly, right? Well, have like another Simber, Brucky, Brucky being. DFA, they, they've replaced him with Thornton, but I don't see Thornton becoming a long-term solution. And Merriweather is just hanging by a thread. I don't know if he yeah. has got to that point, but, like, no, you cannot put Merriweather on that mound unless you're up or down six-plus runs. Yeah. Like, you can't put him out there anymore. You saw what he did against St. Louis that one night. He almost coughed it up and then... He got Have you seen what he he's done almost every time <laughs> he's gone out there this year? It's been yeah. bad. The velocity yeah. is there, but he's, the, the fact that he's just laying the velocity right down the middle, it's never going to get him anywhere. He's got to find a way to get that thing to tail or something. Mm-hmm. It screams early Roy Holiday to me. Like He's got to get that different arm slot or something to get the torque mm-hmm. on the baseball going in a different direction before it'll actually be something positive. Uh, where right now he's dancing in the line of quadruple-A player with plus stuff very intriguing plus stuff i'll give you that but what's the next step for somebody like Barry Weather? how even, long is it yeah i don't uh, even think the stuff is plus like like i said you know no. it was plus you know it was 99 100 with crazy spin rates and then the yeah. sticky stuff ban hit and he's what 96 Ooh, 97 yeah. with like a 200 300 drop in rpm like it's yeah. it's still oh, it's obvious good, like, with the allegations yeah. Yeah, he, he like uh, no, he's in the savant page. <laughs> Jay, Jason's more than a hundred percent right on that because he looked like the second coming of 
Jesus. In that first <laughs> series, in that first series against the Yankee um, Stadium, in the Yankees, he looked yeah. absolutely unhittable. You have him and Romano, and like coming of that out of that series, you could say that Merriweather looked like he was going to be the closer for the rest of the year until he got hurt. Yes. The Yankees but, announcers like, were even saying that during the freaking uh, broadcast because that's what I get to watch. Yeah, <laughs> they were going bananas about it, and rightfully so because he was unbelievable. And like you said, the sticky stuff band comes through and completely different guy. Yeah. Completely different guy. And regardless of how everything shakes out here, let's say you do get Pearson in and he starts throwing gas and has any moderate amount of us. You have now him, Romano, Simber, and um, Garcia that are just kind of in that, like, we're just going to go out here and gas you. Take it or leave it. We're, we know how to get you out. I know Simber's not throwing anybody. I was going to say, Sim, Simber's basketball, not gassing but anybody. he knows how to get people <laughs> out. All right? Yes, Lock yes. it out. <laughs> so, yes. it, let's say one of those guys ends up slipping. Like, we have Romano going the other day that clearly looked overworked, rough. The accuracy was they were hopping two miles an hour off his fastball. You get to now run that with this whole thing that you've got these other options that you can now tinker with and get him that extra day off and whatnot. But right now with that revolving door at that one position in our ballpen, it's eating away at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So some, right now, that's got to be, I can't say an area of mission critical concern. But they need to be shopping around for a piece of that if they want to just blitz through all everybody on this and get to the get to the World Series. So to well, Jason's point, oh. that's the difference between an elite team and where we're at. <laughs> how how many teams are eager though right now? Is this something that I don't even know if that's available for us, right? Something that is as lights out as what we're thinking we need in the bullpen. I don't know that it's necessarily available at this moment. I think teams that are maybe you can coax Washington, Washington into yeah. I think teams that are you know, clearly not in it right now are going to wait to the deadline to leverage their asking price. Everybody's looking for bullpen help. Yeah. Everybody. Yes. All righty. So fellas, I want to start talking about last week. (laughs) So, um, since our last recording, the blue Jays have had Brana going to six in a row tonight. And was that correct? Or is it five? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've, Five, They've won five in a row and seven of their last ten. There you go. So the Blue Jays have obviously been trending up, but until this past weekend, it really did not feel like we had a reason to be trending in the right direction, I think, was the kind of <laughs> takeaway that I was feeling anyways. And we've talked about it at numerous lengths as what is going to finally ignite this offense. And apparently it was just a, you know, trip to the Podcast. city of Fallen Angels and <laughs> <laughs> have a little time out on the sun strip and uh or visit disneyland i don't know what the fuck it was but the team won that last game against the cardinals on a high note eight to one very impressive win they take the day off land that evening actually a game enjoy being in la come out and that series against the angels was nothing short of like the slugfest slash onslaught of offense and back and forth nonsense. Ooh, Oscar <laughs> almost just got hit in the head. Mm-hmm. Ooh. After they didn't like him hitting that double in the first inning, apparently. <laughs> Is he all right? Yeah, he's good. He didn't get yeah, hit. Okay. It was like very close, though. Buzz, buzz the tower to your. Uh, I just went and saw Top Gun references. It was very close. <laughs> he almost went into it. So. 
The Blue Jays end up winning the first game six to three, win the second four to three, six to five on Saturday, and then had the back and forth ridiculousness that was Sunday of eleven to ten victory. Guys, uh, is this the sign that the offense is finally ticking in the right direction? Because it wasn't really any one player standing out the whole weekend. It was just the right pieces happening at the right time. Uh, Jason, give us your two cents on if you think the offense is trending in the right direction after that, or do you think this is more what we're going to be seeing from now on? Trending in the right direction, I think yes. Um, you know, you can't ignore, you know, the eight-run game that we put against uh, St. Louis, and then, you know, our offensive showing for, for four games, really, um, in L.A. Against good pitching, too. You know, we hit off of Shoei Otani, and then we also hit off of uh, Michael Lorenzen and Patrick Sandoval. All three are really quality um, MLB pitchers, you know, so we are trending in the right direction. Um, I am still worried about whether we can consistently um, produce this kind of out- offensive output um, simply because, you know, Vladdy still looks like he's he's struggling a little bit, um, and he's such a, a big part of the offense. And same goes uh, for Teoscar Hernandez, you know, and if those two guys are, are still struggling, I think, you know, when you're three, four hitters, um, you know, aren't doing well, I think, you know, we always have to be a little bit concerned um, for our offense. And once those guys start to um, kind of find their groove and, and then, you know, George Sparrow keeps doing what he's doing at the top of the lineup. Um, and then, you know, our catchers have been unbelievable. I think, um, you know, I saw a tweet earlier today that the um, our catchers have a collective WRC plus of like 124 or something. And then the rest of the league is at like, 80 or something like that and that's it's pretty bad. that's crazy you know <laughs> and um you know that's it's, it's amazing and you know our bottom of the lineup um has been doing has been contributing as well so you know it, it's definitely we're heading in the right direction i just really hope that you know we can get a little bit more offensive production from our bigger bats like vladi and Tio um for things to finally really click yeah and that we're close but no cigar yet <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, Chris, seeing you just joined, how, where are you thinking we're at after this past week? Uh, I'm not convinced that this is anything that's going to be sustainable as hope I am. Um, I think you have to show me probably, ooh, maybe two weeks or so, uh, of real good solid offense before I'm, I'm really going to start believing in it. Um, Great things for uh, here's two things really encouraging from the weekend uh, on the offensive side. Um, Alejandro Kirk looked really good this weekend. He was hitting the ball well, running the base as well. And Lourdes Gurriel could be just on the tip of the iceberg going on one of his classic heaters that really lengthens this lineup. Yeah, exactly. And he's not a heater. Uh, he can almost carry the offense. It's kind of he nuts. can almost carry <laughs> a very very quietly because he's he's been damn near a three hundred hitter, uh, fairly consistently and fairly quietly. I feel like he always kind of gets glossed over in this lineup. But he had what on Sunday five RBI. I know people don't like RBIs, but the five RBIs with a few <laughs> hits and a couple of walks. Like that, that's Chris, when you can't get RBIs, we really love RBIs. Yeah, we it, it, that's something to get excited about because that means he's really starting to see the ball better. And he can really lengthen the lineup when guys like Guerrero Guerrero's really is. Are we almost at the point of having a discussion about Vlad? 
Was we're going to get to talking with him if you want to jump into that. I was just going to give you rattle your point off here to the fact that over the last seven games, Alejandro Kirk has been 556. That's five nine at bats. Loris Gurriel Jr. has got five for 13, so he's batting 385, but he has six RBIs in that span. Does anybody want to take a wild guess who the other guy is that's batting over 300 in the last three games? Or seven Espinal? games, I mean? No. Not far off, but he's pretty close. I was going to say... Was it Biggio? Chapman's just below. No. <laughs> Down enough games. Seven games. No. <laughs> One, Bo two. Bichette. Oh, Bo. You, oh, I thought, sorry, I, I misheard you. I thought you meant from this past weekend. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I take that back. It was not seven games. It was last seven days. Sorry. Dumb stat sure. sheet. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> so, but to that point, Bo Bichette went um, seven for 19 in that series, too. Mm-hmm. So... That was pretty impressive. And talking about who's right behind him, Biggio had a pretty surprisingly good series in his 11 bats, got three hits, scored, a couple, three, scored three runs. Were you expecting him to do that when he got called up five seconds mean? ago again? That's what I surprisingly. No, it seems and right on one. Monday here. <laughs> so, it seems accurate. But, um, it seems normal. Yeah. Chapman actually batted 286 in those games and showed some offense. So... Maybe there was enough right here. Oddly enough, uh, you you mentioned we're going to talk Vladdy, and we'll go there now. Um, he went two for 12. One of those was a home run. The other was a double. <laughs> but just saying. Um, two RBIs for him. Three strikeouts, which is not anywhere near as bad as Boba Shett and Kevin Biggio having five each. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, are you... Thinking that some of the pop has finally returned to that bat, or are you? What are you thinking, Christine? You wanted to talk Vladdy. Um, I don't know. I, I. <laughs> See, done it's getting to be frustrating watching him almost because, like, is was last year an anomaly? I don't know that it was an what, anomaly. I what just think the, we're trying to figure him out. Yeah. But, like, now he's starting to trend of what he was the first two years, mm-hmm. which scares well, me a little bit. Year. Yeah, like, which kind of scares me. My biggest thing, I think, with him is the fact that he hasn't had a consistent bat behind him. And with how abysmal this lineup has been, how I would be curious to see what his savant page says about how many good strikes he's actually been getting to hit. The great hitters overcome that. Correct. Yeah. The great, the great hitters, hitters over time also haven't shifts. Mike Trout has never had anybody behind him. I'll give you that, but also people aren't gods like frickin' Mike Trout. <laughs> We're told <laughs> the Guerrero is though. Such. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Just told the Guerrero is. We're told that. Did you he see is. what Trout did to his child the other day <laughs> with the bat flip and everything? Yeah, <laughs> Have you no. seen that video yet? Basically, his kid threw him a little, you know, his, his kid's got to be like five or something. Right? They throw the ball right down the strike zone with a bat that's about this long. Trout savages it, hits it down the hallway in his house, bat flipping. He goes, yes, son. <laughs> Walks yeah. around like he's yeah. just rounding the bases. His son's cheering for him and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm hilarious. not trying to, I'm not trying to shit all over Vlad. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. Like, I want him to do well, and I want him to regain his form from last year. But, like. You're maybe there's maybe there's something more going on because like look at Marcus Semyon. Marcus Semyon had what forty three home runs and was hitting like a machine last year, and he hit his first one this past week. Like maybe there's something going on. Um, but like 
the transfer Guerrero just they're concerning to me, considering all the talk this off season. Like, how are we going to extend him? What what's the dollar figure? Is it four hundred million? Is it five hundred million? What is it going to be to lock this guy up for ten, twelve years? It's like when I start seeing this, I don't want to say regression. Like, there's no way to say it with shitting on him because it sucks. But like, well, like you said, he was are, doing are so com- well. So anything bad yeah. minus that is a rough yeah. spot. <laughs> but like, there's no way in hell that I want to pay a guy anywhere close to thirty to thirty-five or forty million dollars a year to hit two fifty. Yeah. Like it just can't happen. Like and there's if no one you, on the, if, this team that you would want to do that for. No. Yeah, I agree. Because if you're talking not doing that, then you're not talking doing that for Bo. You're um, obviously, Tay Oscar's not doing that for you. You're um, not Chapman hasn't been hitting his weight until this last week. No. No. <laughs> so anyway, I, Adam, Jason, I would, which one do you want to dive into that grenade that Chris just pulled the pin on? <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, Chris. You just get more to say. What, what, where do you want to go with this? It sounds w- like you're reluctantly trying not to shit on him, but please just shit on him. It's fine. No, I'm, I'm not. I, <laughs> As it stands right now, oh, I'm gonna get roasted for this. I would give Bo money than Vlad. Yeah, but I wouldn't even give Bo that money. No, I wouldn't right, give him that, but I would give him more money than Guerrero right now. And I that's wouldn't. not, and, and it's not. It, they both have similar sample sizes. But to that well, point, sample is... size going overall performance, they're probably at a level at this point, a minimum, right? Because you got the monster season and Bo being Bo. <laughs> yeah, but Bo's a lot more consistent. He's shown that he's been more consistent. Yeah, but he's consistently... Like, he I'm strikes out a lot. He's consistently good, Bo, but he's not fantastic. He's not a superstar right now. Neither is Guerrero right now. I understand that, but I'd rather bank on the feeling of Guerrero being a superstar than Bo. Which is, yeah, which is completely fine. And, like, I hope I hope he gets back to what he was last year. Like, I really hope he does. I'm just, I'm very concerned that this is who he is. And last year was going to be an outlier. Which, like, I let's throw buzzers and warning signs out there. I hope that doesn't happen. Sure, yeah. And I very much hope that I'm wrong. Like, I want him to do well, and I want him to be this amazing prodigy that carries us to the promised land. But, like, it's hard. It's, is it going to happen is your question. It's right hard now. to believe it. It's hard to believe Listen, in it right now. All these, all the middle-aged Blue Jays moms are fucking, they're, they're loving you for wanting to pay Bo more than Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's not well, even that I want to. It's just, it, it's just. If you had to pay somebody, if right I now, had to pay one right. of them right now, I'd probably give it to Bo. But yeah, I get it. I, I, I'm with you. But I, I, I think that when you see the raw talent that we've seen in in Vladdy throughout his tenure, as just not disagreeing. None? Yeah. Oh, not okay. Dis- <laughs> no, 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 no. Not disagreeing. Not disagreeing with you. Yeah, you just can't give up on that talent. And look, all this is going to be moot anyway when the Blue Jays trade for Soto and they're going to make him the, the highest paid <laughs> yeah. player. It's all going to be a moot point anyway. So, exactly. Like, you know, I love it, playing it, fantasy but, baseball. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> look, am I concerned, Vladdy? I'm not necessarily concerned. And I, I, I think, Chris, if I'm reading the tea, tea leaves, I think I'm just annoyed by by it because, it, first of that all, could I'm be it. Not, that could be it. Yeah, he's. 
I'm, he's not getting anything to hit. And we just because of the namesake that he's going to be able to hit things that are completely outside of the zone where he, we have to understand that he's not his dad. So that's because not his dad necessarily with a freaking boat or could hit everything. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily what's happening with with junior here. So yeah. I think uh, the pitchers in in, you know, that are facing him, their remedy to beat him is to just pitch it outside and hopefully he just whips or. You know, throw him a bunch of breaking pitches and sliders, and hopefully he swings at him, or hopefully that he lays off and just catch the inside, the outside of the zone. Um, so I think that's what's going on. But eventually, he's going to have to make an adjustment, and that's where you're going to have to to bank on the talent and the the mm-hmm. ability to be able to to first of all pick pitches that you know are outside of the zone, and being able to adjust your swing to make contact with them effectively. Um, yeah. I'm hoping he's going to be able to do that, and I trust the talent for him to be able to do that. Again, calling back yeah. to last week, I don't know that I trust the pitching coach to do that. I mean, sorry, the hitting coach to the be able to coach. do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but well, that's another conversation that we've already had. I'm just banking on it. And I, I also don't think that we have to really, not that this is where you were going, I don't necessarily think we have to worry about a contract right now no. um, because no. I don't think he's going to get it at this season. I don't think he's going to Not unless he all of a sudden's an MVP again. <laughs> yeah, but again, so far, up until, what is it, May 31st, I don't think he's earned it. Kind of yeah. like when we were talking last year, uh, before he first started taking full-time at first base, I said, you have to earn your third base spot, bro. Like, you have not earned that. Uh, and, you know, the first two seasons in there, he, he didn't earn it. And when he went to first, I, I it, last year spoke for herself. And so far this year, you have earned that right. You are the first baseman, period. People yeah. So you got to earn this contract. And right now, up until this point, you can talk all you want about last year, but that was then. What have you done for me lately? Recency bias is a thing when it comes to contracts. Show me what you got. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. So, Jason, you got anything you want to add? Talk <laughs> some sense into it. Other, other than the fact that I'm not know if I'm drinking either of these guys Kool-Aid because... I just know what's going to happen with Vlad eventually. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I Chris mean... and I are the quintessential heels of the show. Okay, so yeah. please, it's your wrestler turn in. All right, come yes. back to the come back to the light. <laughs> I, I think I honestly think Vlad's just in a period of adjustment. You know, if you if you look at his struggles in his first year and then this year, the underlying reason is very similar. He's hitting the ball hard. Mm-hmm. But he's hitting the ball hard into the ground. Now, if you look at the underlying reason behind the underlying reason, I think those two are also, you know, in his first year, while he struggled, he was just out of shape. You know, he was overweight. He did some weird things with his swing. And he, he just couldn't handle major league, not even pitching, just major league baseball. You know, he couldn't handle the, the rigors and the the struggles um, that Major League Baseball requires. And then he adjusted. He, he put in a lot of work in the offseason. He got into shape. Um, he made the move from third base to, to first base. And then, you know, he had that MVP count last year. And then this year, he's back to hitting the ball on the ground again. But he's still in shape. He He's still mm-hmm. playing good defense at first. The problem now is is he's just swinging at way too many pitches low and low, and he's not putting that in the air. You know, it's he, he just has to make that adjustment of, A, you know, can you put those pit low pitches in the air? And B, if you can't, can you um, let them go? And then for yeah. your pitch, 
Yeah. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a period of adjustment. That's not going to happen um, overnight. And I, too, agree with uh, with Adam that I don't think our hitting coach is helping either. Um, you know, we all so wanted maybe, to fire him last week, and I still have a deposition. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I, th- I honestly think it takes, you know, it could be even just someone with experience, you know. I'm not saying that Dante Bichette is going to fix Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but, you know, maybe just I having am. a sit-down conversation. You know, trying to change the um, the way that you're attacking pitchers and, you know, the way that you are going about at bats, even, you know, the psychology behind it, right? You know, even yeah. that small little thing, because the, the talent is still here, there. Like, he's still hitting the ball, like, crazy hard. And, you know, if he makes that slight adjustment where he's hitting the ball in the air, you know, then you're back to an, an MVP candidate. And, you know, I, I that's why I, I would lean towards... Um, agreeing with Adam that I would kind of, if I had to throw the money, throw out Vladi because that we know the ceiling and you know the floor isn't bad. You know his, it's he's not playing great, but he's still the WRC plus. What is it? One ten, one twenty. It's still pretty good. And then when Blow struggles, it, it's different. Like he just looks lost, right? He he can't make contact at all. You know he's he's swinging at some weird pitches way out of the zone. <laughs> And, you know, his floor is lower, and I also think his ceiling is lower. It's just that maybe um, because we don't have the expectation that we have for Vladi, it just seems like he's playing a little better than Vladi, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I agree with you guys, but to the point of um, where I think you guys were starting to head in, the fact that uh, I, I still have all the confidence in the world in him. There's plenty of guys on this roster that I'm losing confidence with, and Vlad is one that's not even waving my uh, flag to that whole thing. Um, so I'm not. I don't think anybody right now deserves a contract until this offense for this season proves something. Whether that's the finally the hitting coach situation sorts its philosophy out, whether that's with a current guy or a new guy, I'll give you 50-50. But I think Vlad is eventually going to be just fine. It might not be as body of a numbers is last season, but this mm-hmm. is a guy, in my opinion, that is a th- round 300 hitter. It's 40 home runs every season. Like his dad does and r- is somewhere in the hundred RBI ballpark. Is it so bad that he ends up being Carlos Delgado in the stat column for us? There's no issue with that all day, every day. And I'm paying that man, just saying, <laughs> and I don't th- I think mm-hmm. Carlos Delgado is still his, basement because he's going to play better defense than Delgado I think regardless but just to be that guy I you, need, you, need a Delgado. Lo- you need a lot more from Guerrero if you're going to compare him yeah. to Delgado you need a I, lot I need more I'm not more saying right Guerrero. now I'm not saying right now yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I think that's where his normal season will look very eerily similar I don't know that I want like, to I think last year was year? what was that didn't Delgado hit like 360 one year Yes, <laughs> three fifty. That was the year they should have won. Three fifty one, the one year that he should have beaten a Rod for the fucking uh, MVP. Oh, sorry, did I say that? <laughs> no, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So look, the beauty, the beautiful thing about this is that you don't have to pay anyone. No, you don't need to give anyone a contract extension right no. now or in the off season. You don't have to. Nope. This, yeah. The same. No, core you get a couple more years. Are coming back. Yeah, they're coming back. Yeah. The only th- person you, that you have to really wait on is, I think, Lourdes has one more year, and, and Teoscar one after this. So, like, that's a that's a 2024 problem. Don't worry about it now. Exactly. Now, you know, to to just play around jump, without Ryu and all that kind of thing, too. Yeah. yeah. Just to jump well, back when, it, when 
when Dante's name came up, because I, I know I sent this to you guys, but on at the letters this week, um, BNS and Arden Swelling had, had mentioned, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, that they were talking about the, the Dante Bichette thing. And uh, they were talking that if if there was outside help available to this team, the team would never refuse it. <laughs> I thought it was Probably, hilarious. You Otherwise, why you castrate Jesse Barfield? Yeah, why, why is Barfield <laughs> not talking Shut. to anyone anymore? So, very interesting. Yeah, that seems like a very, very politically correct route. Of, yeah, it's uh, PR. That's yeah, PR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very, well. very interesting. Chris, did you hear how, and, uh, Jason? I don't know how much you uh, mentioned. Sorry, Chris. Uh, I'll let you get your two cents in here before I ask this question. Oh, no, it was Jason that was going to say something. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Oh, yeah. Does anyone know the qualifications that Guillermo Martinez has? Like, I, when he got hired, I think he was, Player. like, the, the youngest the youngest hitting coach. But, like, what did he do? Like, I, I like, obviously, it, I feel bad kind of kind of roasting the guy why? now that the, the success isn't there. But, like, like, why, like, why do we hire him? Like, what's – is there anything special there? At the time, I remember comparing it to Carlos Tosca, who was the Blue Jays' manager that never managed or played a Major League Baseball game. So, I'll give like, you does that. Does he have hmm. a connection with our organization even before that, though? Well, that was the thread uh, if, I couldn't pull. If it's the Guillermo Martinez that I just found baseball reference, um, he's been in the system since 2012 with the Jays as a coach. Yeah, and he didn't. So he's do, worked his way up then. If it's hmm. the same, if it's the same one, he played little A, high level A, single A. <laughs> Lots of high level A and then independent league. So but to that point, maybe he's one of those people that can double A. Yeah. So like he didn't play anything <laughs> worth noting. Hey kids, it's Reese McGuire. <laughs> so oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, if that is the same the same person, I can do a Google search just to Bastard. confirm and you guys can you guys so, can carry on. Where I was going to go, because Adam and I were on the show last week. Jay, uh, Chris, you were out for, uh, you know, fun reasons with your uh, kids' baseball. Is that what it was? I can't remember. Last week? Um, last week? No, I was here no, last Chris week. No, Chris was here. He was Chris here. was I'll present yeah. this question to Jason. Was um, that was the right same, now, uh, the same Guillermo Martinez. So, yeah. There you go. Um, Jason, last week we were talking, if you're not talking Bichette, Barfield, or anything, I presented the idea that Buffalo Bison's current hitting coaches. Um, ex-Brewers slugger uh, Corey Hart he had a few good seasons mm. with the Brewers and bounced around a lot that I would hope that he would be somewhere in the conversation especially with the, the Bisons actually playing well this year what do you think of a move like that if we go to somebody else out of that group other than the people we were just talking about like I like my opinion is I don't know how much the, the hitting coach matters and so like it, they are major league players. It does like, I think I, it was a good tweet by I think it was I think his name's Gideon. I, it, it's it's wins and flosses on Twitter. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Turk. Yeah, yeah. Turk. Yeah, and and he's like, if if the hitting coach matters, then it makes sense to fire Guillermo Martinez because the results aren't there. If the hitting coach doesn't matter, 
then it also doesn't hurt to fire Gabriel Martinez and give the hitters a fresh perspective. Um, you know, just because, you know, like, like we said, the hitting coach doesn't matter. Like, there's no mm-hmm. downside to really firing Guillermo Martinez. And there's only upside, you know, like, I don't know. I wonder if this is even being internally discussed at all. Like, it sucks that we don't know whether uh, his name has come up in front office talks. Because mm-hmm. It does seem that this this front office is kind of um, hesitant when it comes to kind of big coaching switches like that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something to consider if the hitters keep struggling, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I hope tend to it agree is. with you. Yeah. I hope it's being discussed. If they're not discussing it, they're not doing their cages. job. Yeah, they're not doing their job if they're not. You got to look at the data. You got to look at the numbers that are in front of you. If they're not talking about it, at least discussing mm-hmm. it and bringing it up as an option, then they're not doing their job. And th- this front office has been too sound for me to believe that that hasn't been discussed. Um, mm-hmm. But I, to your point, Jason, I do think that there is an aspect of does it really matter? Well, I mean, I think on average when you look at it across the board in the landscape of the MLB probably not but I think there are anomalies where it does uh, it, it's no it be the difference in the world and you don't know it yet yeah it's just a little tweak and again I don't want to just call back to Dante but uh, I, I called back to something last year the last half of September last year last week during the last half of September where Dante came up and that's when they went on a tear now could it yeah. have just mm-hmm. been a coincidence sure it could have been but why not find out for sure? And again, this goes into rumors of vaccination sex and not, and I don't have to retell that story, but <laughs> they they hit does, in 2020 when he was around as well. Yeah, it, it you, he's doing something. This is an organization that them. hasn't feared that in the past, so it's kind of odd. It could just yeah, it could just be a communication thing, right? It could yeah. just be like he he knows how to communicate with these kids because one of them is his. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws. But to me, if you have the talent of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bullshit, and Chris, to your point, I'm going to echo this. Like he was sold to us as the next god of baseball, him being Vladimir Guerrero Jr. OK, mm-hmm. if you if you think and which we all do that, he's that talented. You can't waste it because you're afraid Thank to God. fire a coach that's been in the organization for a buck that yeah. you need to produce and you need to win a world series. Not, I don't care about people's feelings at this point. You got it. You got to win go. games period. Does anybody mm-hmm. have any nails they'd like to drive into that coffin any further? of Upsetting Adam further. <laughs> no, no, no. It's about to be a desk slip. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway guys I want to wrap it up because we are around the hour mark here and um, mm-hmm. I want to talk where we are right now with the Blue Jays are currently in the fifth, top of the fifth inning um, winning 2-1 to one with a runner on third for the White Sox right now and unfortunately that guy is freaking Reese McGuire that just somehow got a single <laughs> but we got a few games here with the White Sox then we get to have oh, what is it? the uh, Twins? Minnesota Twins coming into town so no Carrera. No Carrera. Yeah. But tomorrow night we are going to have... There's a bunch of twins, apparently, that aren't coming north. Yeah. By the way, 2-2. So, two two. Damn it. Damn Reese McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tomorrow night we're going to have uh, Ryu versus mm-hmm. Kopech, who is one of the crazier, young, talented arms in baseball. Very high upside. Hasn't really put it all together, but still very intriguing young arm. Very similar to the mold we just saw last week with Hunter Green. So there's your guys up for that. And then we are going to finish the series with the Blue Jays 
with Alec Manoa on the mound against the infinite, you know, ageless that is Johnny Cueto, apparently, who is putting together another good season for the White Sox and is feels like billionth year in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you go? Um, I'm going to let our guest Jason run with the fact here of starting this off here. How do you think the rest of the series is going to go with the White Sox? What are you uh, thinking record-wise here for those three games against the White Sox? I hope we win two, and obviously a sweep would be amazing. Like the 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 game tomorrow is going to be tough, just because we don't know what we're going to get from Ryu and the White Sox. If I remember correctly, torched Ryu at home last year, and Michael Kopech has been absolutely filthy this year. I think Michael Kopech, uh, maybe behind Phil Cease, might have might be having the best season in this White Sox rotation. Uh, so if we somehow manage to win um, tomorrow and we win today, I like our chances of the sweep um, on Thursday no, on the mound. Yep. You know, but, you know, against these AL Central opponents, if we go two out of three against the Sox, against the Twins, and then three out of three against the Royals, I think that's a realistic but also best-case scenario. Yeah. Good deal. Um, see all your fun into uh, Brennan's pick for click spot here. <laughs> That's your part for that. Um, uh, Chris, what do you think we're going to be doing for the White Sox series, and how do you think this is going to go? Two and one. Two and one. Two and one. Any, Don't know uh, how it's going to happen. Re- Don't have any clue how it's going to get there, but they just need to. There you, you go. You got to you got to keep pace with everybody else ahead of you right now, and you got to try to separate from the Angels. There you go, which was fun. That was a little bit of separation we created over the weekend here with the street. Just a little. So, need more. Mr. Corsair, what do you Keep think? Put on the gas. Uh, two and one, I agree. Uh, I don't know which of the two they're going to win tonight or tomorrow, but Thursday, uh, Manoa's going to win us that game. So I'm going to say two and one. Um, I'd like to think they'll win tonight. They'll pull it out. But, um, yeah. Two and one. This is where the Blue Jays schedule gets a little light. Uh, I know the Twins are, they're winning their division, but this is, if if the amount of players that matter aren't going to be with Minnesota crossing the border, Blue Jays got to take advantage, especially with the series mm-hmm. against the Royals and the Tigers. I don't want to go too far ahead, but they got, they got a pretty soft schedule coming up. And then Baltimore, fuck man, win those games, win those games. <laughs> Kansas mm-hmm. City too. There yep. you go. So I'm going to, I'm going to also echo the two and one thing as much as I don't want to just copy everybody but i'm sure in firm belief that our biggest game to uh is i i honestly am wondering if Kopik's going to come out and verlander us tomorrow <laughs> i really mm-hmm. watching his last two hours, that kid is i knew he was filthy to begin with he's clearly figured out that next step to his game because this is a guy that was in the bullpen in and out last season for the white Sox, just downright filthy stuff out of the bullpen and now figured out that next pitch to his game to not be more to be more than just the two pitch guy and it's popping off for him right now is the best way of saying it through 38 innings he's got a sub one whip in the last uh seven games he's pitched very impressive and i just think that's gonna be a hard game for us to win especially with the offense being very we might be on a hot trend right now. He might be the one to extinguish this current flame for at least a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be two and one for the Blue Jays. And I'll go back on Warren here. Um, I think we're going to do that same thing to the Twins. And I find it hard-pressed to what you're all saying. We're going to get a start from Barrios. We're going to get a start from Gosman out of that series. And more than likely it would be, I would think, Ryu probably for that third game with the way it's currently lining up. Everyone with that statement. 
So it's, <laughs> yep. uh, uh, no, Kikuchi would be in there. Kikuchi would be the other Kikuchi one. That's who it was. I was blanking one. on it. Jays so, are yes. down 3-2 now. Uh, Son of a bitch. Yep. Losing already. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, Adam, what do you think for the Minnesota series? And uh, do you think anybody, you know, what do you think is going on there? It's not our home series. Sweep. Boom. There it is. So, Mr. Adam with three. <laughs> it's a three-game series, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, look at it. Yes. So, Ferreira's not going to play. He's at least not playing the first game. I don't think they're going to bring him up at all because I don't I, – you guys, Chris and Jason, you would know better than I would about Canada's um, restrictions when it comes to people that have COVID. I don't know how long he'll be quarantined or COVID-free for, but um, he's COVID positive right now. He's definitely going to miss Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And, Chris, you said there's rumors that there's going to be quite a few players. Um, mm-hmm. At least another one is going to be of substantial value. I'm saying it's a sweet – Watch it be bucks it'll be rough. Yeah, dude, take take advantage. Take this. It's gonna be a sweep. There you go, Chris. What are you thinking? Two and one again. Two and one again. Zero faith in Barrios right now. Yeah, yeah, he's been very ups and downs. Yeah, I just have a strange feeling he's gonna take advantage of his old team. Hopefully, so. but hopefully they don't embarrass him. Mister Lee, what are you thinking? Oh, yeah, I think I said two and one before. Uh, I don't okay, know. Barrios, that's right. You did. He pitched well at home, hasn't he? I think. Not game Three one. This is the opener. <laughs> game one. Yeah. No, 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 not game one. Not game We're one. all right, right, ready with that one. Just like, yeah. Yeah. chalk it up. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. I hope he bounces back. Good one, though. So, we got to ask, and I'm going to use uh, Jason as our deciding point here for last week's uh, picks to click as far as who was the Blue Jays standout here. I think I already know who it was. I had Vlad, who had. Like I said, bad a buck fifty last week. Um, Chris, you had Real Junior. Adam, you had Santiago Espinal, and then we had the the re, the uh, Ryu write in candidate for uh, Brendan because you know this is boy. <laughs> so it wasn't really. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure looking at those stats that I was looking at earlier that I like I said, um, Guriel had six RBIs and was batting three eighty six. So I don't know how I can steer past that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Mr. Key, you are yes. now on the board again. again. <laughs> um, so to run down the scores, it's Chris and Adam both have three wins apiece. Brennan and I bring it up the rear with one win each. Um, so, <laughs> Chris, I'm going to let you go first because you won. Okay. Is there you... anything in the rules that I can't choose Guriel again? So that's the one you... rule that yeah. we like to have is no, two, no consecutive Son of weeks. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And, it, and just for your crap. prep, Jason, I'm going to let you pick Brendan's pick. Uh, <laughs> well, now i got to think, because I wanted... Fuck it, I'll Why go with shucks. Bo. I'll go with Bo. <laughs> Bo flow for Chris in week nine. <laughs> so, all right, Jason, um, are we going into our win-wins here? Because, uh, Adam, you no, that. Just, oh, go ahead, let Jason go. All right. Yeah. Jason, let's is see it, if you can put Brendan a winner. Usually a hitter? Usually a hitter? It, can it be a tends pitcher. to be more I... winning on the hitter side, but if it's a guy that's going to pitch twice, we have been in, uh, okay. finding those as pick wins for better right. ease. Yeah. If you get two good starts uh... in a row, then your goal... It's hard to beat with an offensive guy when the, your guy, guy that pitches 12 innings and not, doesn't give up a hit or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is Alec going to pitch twice? I feel like he might. So he pitched Friday. 
right? So well, you pitch Friday, so one, two, three, four, five, Thursday, and then one, two, three. No. No. Just missing no, it. Just He'd be the first. I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with Teoscar Hernandez. I have a big feeling with that Teo's going to break out. He had a double tonight already, so moving on up. All right, Adam, I'll let you go first because I picked the short straw for hosting this week, apparently. <laughs> sure. Um, so Gaz pitching tonight. He's already given up three, so I'm not picking up him. Um, <laughs> yeah, he would have been the double guy. Uh, yeah, he would. He, I think he's pitching again on Sunday. So, um, wait for it. Right now, the only uh, you know, do I? I'm not gonna go there. Hey, Kirk, uh, you already have a two-run home run. I, I know. That's why I was thinking. <laughs> But I like the fact that you and I are tied, Chris. So I, because I want to take a lead. So I'm gonna go Springer just to play it safe. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> go Springer if I didn't take Bo. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be this weird, Matt Chapman. Yeah, he was close too because he he's, he's had some hard liners. Breakouts and coming. Just close. It, it can't yeah. not. It's just, if it's not this week, it's going to be very near future here. I, lo- I yeah. closed that stat sheet, but he was, he had some of the hardest contact in that series against the, the Angels. It was just yeah. not finding holes. <laughs> so. Hold on. So on that note, before, before we dip, so since the last, last seven games or seven days, rather. So last time we talked was the 24th. So since then. Uh, his line has been 294, 400. Slugging's been low with 353, but the OPS of 753. So he's just batting right in the right 300. direction. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the size of seven game, seven days, five games. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm counting on the fact that he's been finding the seats in the Rogers Center pretty efficiently still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let June be good to match Chapman. June starts tomorrow, so let it be good. Yes, June new month. Reset button. Um, yeah. See, we haven't had a guest here in a long damn time. Uh, Jason, this is your moment to shine. Tell everybody where to find you and what you got going on. Yeah. Um, just firstly, just like to, to thank uh, all the three boys for, for letting me come to the show. I just had a ton of fun. You know, it's always nice to talk uh, Blue Jays baseball with this group. And especially now that um, we're the official podcast of JJ's Journal, it's even more awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's where I am. I, I like to contribute um, hopefully every month. Sometimes I can't get to that because of the, the busy um, school schedule. But um, I just finished my, my undergrad degree. Um, so hoping to write a lot more, hoping to um, see a lot more Blue Jays games. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to, to chat Blue Jays baseball or anything else, really, you can find me um, at Jason's underscore Jays up on Twitter. There you go. Nice. Well, it was always a pleasure having you, Jason. So we'll have to make this happen more regular now that, you know, you're in between sure. technically of degrees before you just keep going and blitzing through your <laughs> end. <laughs> so good times. But gentlemen, uh, is there anything either of you would like to add or Jason, for that matter, Blue Jays news wise, any tidbits, anything before yes. we sign off and do our two claps and Ric Flair? Go yes. ahead. Matt Devlin's fucking killing it. I'm sorry. Chris, he's killing <laughs> he just it. wanted to poke that guy. He's killing it. <laughs> Uh, he's slaying that broadcast <laughs> uh, no, Chris, no, I'm, not getting, no I'm not getting into it because it'll be Look another 20 minutes 
Look at him. You can just keep slamming him through the Twitter page and <laughs> get in it. a fight online. Playing it. Broadcaster of the year. You had to troll him to end the show, Adam. You had to be that guy. <laughs> better than Shulman. Yeah. I can't even say that jokingly. He's not oh, better than Shulman at all. Close. All right, Blue Jays fans. Well, thank you very much for everybody out there in Twitter land and whatnot that we're able to chime in and, uh, you know, be such, you know, Everybody's planting the flag, making sure that we're not too too bad on on Vlad at this point. <laughs> so thank you for keeping us all in check. Um, we are the official Jays Journal podcast, part of Fan Sided. Also, make sure you check out our friends over at uh, at Stadium Scene. You can catch them up. They're always very good friends of ours. They retweet all our stuff. Have great sports content for anything you can think of. Also. Click us anywhere you can find us, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures for. Um, and subscribe and like, spread the word to other Blue Jays fans. We love having you all here. And make sure you tune in every Tuesday at 730 for the foreseeable future here. We're going to be Tuesday nights. Join us and we'll uh, make sure we have some good fun guests like Jason Lee here from time to time as well. And until next time, boys, I guess that's two claps and a Ric Flair and uh, let's go Blue Jays. <laughs> Woo! Let's go, go Blue, Jays. Blue Jays. Adam sucks. <laughs> yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.